Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time talking for about. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Uh, we do not have the Dan Podesto in, in the studio this morning. We're joined by Michael Points. Good morning, everyone. Mike, thanks for filling in today. It's always lovely to have you. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate that. You're becoming more of a, a regular on the show, like once a month now, huh? Once a month. Yeah, I'll Might be on the to... 11th. I think that's Father's Day weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You'll be gone. I'm going to be gone, yeah. That'll be nice for you. Uh-huh. I like to see you take some time off every once in a while. I like to see me take <laughs> some time off every once in a while, too. <laughs> the uh, Dan is not here today because he's having a little birthday weekend. Didn't he turn 50? Is it? Eesh, no. I don't know that he'd love that. <laughs> no. no, man. He's 37. That's right. Yep. Young professional. Yeah. Made his way up to uh, see the old folks or the uh, family in Sacramento, I believe, right? I feel like 37's old enough to like to say that. To say what? That you're 37. And because, you know, w when we started our business, we were younger. And for a little while, it was it was kind of hard yeah, to be right, credible right. when you're young. You know, thirty-ish. Uh, 30, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like the first the first really good job I had, where um, I was maybe arguably even too young for the job. I was managing people much older than me, and I the age was not something I ever wanted to talk about. You just kind of brushed over it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it just it's irrelevant. It's your, when you're young ages, I mean, what right. does your experience give you? I remember right. people telling right. me, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm like, well, I don't have to do it for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And now all of a sudden I'm like, I've been doing this for 20 years to these young bucks, you know? Right. There so. is something that happens, though, you know? I mean, you're, you're, giving, you're giving me mentorship every day. There's just things that you see that I'm just, like I told you earlier this Ex week. Experience is worth quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, surely it is. Have, especially in this business where being more exposed to a variety of scenarios, a variety of people, a variety of professions, different economies, you know, as going through the cycles a little bit, um, all that experience really does add up. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and, now, and now that I'm no longer part of the young people, I can say that. Yeah, but for some, that's, that's true. For some reason, that doesn't carry over to my golf game. I mean, <laughs> the more experience I get there, it seems like the le the less <laughs> I enjoy the game. You need a better coach. Yeah. The less you enjoy it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All righty. Well, hey, we do have a we have a guest coming in for the middle hour of the show today. We got um, Dan Knight. That's right. Yeah, I think it'll be a good show today. It'll be a night. He's a contractor here it, in Slow. Mike, it's always a good show. Yeah, I think it'll be a good show today. Um, in addition to you know us just rapping about the week and and uh, what's happened just recently with what the Fed's talking about, I think it's important for us to realize that we're getting into spring. Spring is here. I mean, summer's on the way. Those projects are not going to do themselves. Dan's yep. going to give us some insight a bit about 
what he does and, the, and how he can help build homes and help people with remodeling, but also how we can work as a team. Yep. You know, the banking aspect. So that's something worth looking forward to for sure. Um, well, hey, I want to try to be pretty productive for this other time here too because I know that we don't have an awful lot um, of time to talk about the other stuff. You prepared some topics. I prepared some topics. And so I thought it'd be a pretty good idea to jump right in. And Mike, you brought some stuff to talk about in terms of rents and, and what might be happening there, even a little bit about the dollar. I, I kind of brought things cut from a similar piece here. Okay. I thought we'd I thought we'd first talk a little bit about home sales. Um, there was a there was a lot of news uh, in the last week or week and a half here about home sales that are giving us a, a new idea of what the picture really looks like out there. And, and before we even dive into this segment, I just want to say, I think the theme in terms of housing for the last, um, oh, couple years now has been that, that we have really a continued, um, demand. The demand side of the equation is definitely heavy. Yep. And, Therefore, supply is pretty strained. Most of the buyers that are coming in today that own a home already are really struggling on agreeing to sell their house before they've procured a contract for their replacement house. Yeah, so you have a lot of a people topic. that are kind of stuck here where, hey, I, I can afford a, a a house maybe in the school district I want or with that extra bedroom or or whatever. And in some cases, even people that are looking to right size into a smaller house because their kids are gone to college. And the point being, they, they've got a different group of housing needs than they have for their current home. Yep. And they're ready to sell their house and get something else. But there's not that um, this vacancy factor in the market is what usually gives you the comfort to sort of step forward and go out on a limb to sell your house as you realize there are sort of plenty of replacement opportunities for you and you're likely to be able to find something that suits your needs. This couldn't be farther from the truth today. Uh, people are very nervous to get out and sell their house because they simply cannot find an acceptable replacement and they're afraid they're either gonna settle they're going to have to overspend and and break their you know their budget goals, or um, they may just become a renter again, and you know that obviously isn't aligned with the goals of somebody whose path is home ownership. Um, right. Yeah. And if I may chime in, I mean, even in the the renters market, same exact scenario, right? I mean, people get into a house. And they've got this great house with the picket fence and the grass and they're renting and every 16, 12, 12 to 18 months, the rent, the landlord says, Hey, it's going up 250 bucks a month. Are you okay? If with it's that? in San Luis, yeah, not. that seems to happen every time school quarterly. gets back in Quarterly, town. yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't very familiar with the uh, six and nine month leases mm. um, until I moved to slow. Mm -hmm. I thought that I, where I was from, people usually did 12 month leases at least, if not longer. And here it's like they kind of want the opportunity no, to yeah, they want churn that people and get extra money. Um, but the point is, is that, and, and that opportunity really wouldn't exist if there was other rentals available where mm -hmm. you could kind of take your time and pick one and maybe even negotiate lower rent. I don't, that doesn't happen a lot around here. And at the very core of all of this, I think at the, the most basic piece here is, uh, the fact that we haven't built enough homes. 
Yeah, I was just going to chime in and say the exact same thing. Yeah, so what you well have below. really is an inventory problem where we need more opportunity for housing. Um, could the other part of that equation with the six and nine month lease, Jason B, and then I'm not picking up college students, but, um, you know, say like the other day where they had the, the garage collapse. Yeah, where they stomped in uh, the roof. Maybe be like, uh, yeah, maybe I don't want those people in my house anymore. Yeah. True. I mean, that's probably a small fact. I think so much more of it is uh-huh. opening up the marketplace. It's right. funny. I have a good friend that owns a, a half a dozen rentals in San Luis, and we were having this conversation just the other day. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't divulge who it is because it unfortunately participates in a little bit of discrimination here where he says he's <laughs> only willing to rent to females. Uh-huh. And I said, well, hopefully you don't ever get caught advertising that or getting that message out in the street. Right. But kind of message well received you know as the girls are a little bit cleaner a little bit more responsible mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say at that age but i think at most every age yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but also don't get as rowdy and do yeah. the crazy things that you know a group of boys might do mm-hmm. um and so i think it runs the spectrum though because i also have some friends that that's their goal mm-hmm. is to rent to those people that are a little bit higher risk yeah. The five dudes that are coming in together and they keep their property in a condition that uh, sort of uh, accommodates five messy dudes. Yeah. Um, and therefore, they charge more rent because they'll want to rent, you know, instead of renting that three bedroom place to three girls for 3000 bucks a month, they'll rent it to, to five guys for 4500 mm-hmm. And knowing that they're going to have to come in and do paint and probably carpet on a more accelerated schedule and stuff, but it's their build goal a new, build a new garage. to rent to those people where they can get higher <laughs> yeah. rents for kind sure. of a, you know, a higher maintenance tenant. Yeah. So I think, I think landlords kind of run the spectrum, especially around here. Um, yeah, but that's one marketplace, right? There's still the three bedroom, two sure. bath, nice house that you can rent for twenty nine hundred dollars that you've owned for ten years, and your mortgage payment is with county property taxes and everything is like twenty fifty. Yeah, a couple you're pocketing seven hundred bucks a month. Sure, those people are going to continue to turn the dial up and say, now it's twenty nine hundred. Is it thirty one? Can well, I get, can I rent this thing for three thousand? Yeah, and you know, I I kind of I keep I keep using this um, this path to kind of show people what I mean by this is that um, so this is this is kind of the segue into um, what's been going on with housing. Okay, is um, new homes. So we we keep a measure of housing starts. You know, how many houses do we break ground on building? Um, so. In February, we had um, an annual rate of 897,000 housing starts, okay? So this is 897,000. Yeah, this is national. How many yeah. people are going to break ground? Um, and this is an annualized number, right? Um, it's supposed to be an estimate keeping us at 1.081 million. Okay. Um, and, and bear with me right here. I know these numbers get a little bit chunky when we're over the radio and you can't really see these things. But um, the the pretty interesting thing here is that um, we we see these numbers are historically we have been building a million and um, you know one point four million houses a year is probably about the norm. We had a low in two thousand seven um, of. Four, 
four or five hundred thousand houses built. <laughs> Thought you were gonna say um, four or five. No, but we but see we've been on this path where for years after sure. years in a row we've been Deficient. leaving out a million houses a year. Right. That adds up over time. And then think back to that same period where I mean, because now we're talking eight years ago. So look at what happened in population growth in the last yeah, eight people years. didn't stop having kids, did they? No. And in the recession of eight to nine years that this has kind of been going on, depending on your sector and how you count the recession for you and your house. Um, for me, that recession started in like late 06. So um, that's when it began to affect my household. Uh, but think about that. The, the kids that were getting out of high school in 2006 I finished up college in 2010. Um, mm. Maybe they went to medical school and they're now like doctors. Mm -hmm. So you've got people that have sort of come up through this era here where we weren't building a lot of houses and now have entered into um, some of the prime candidate for who might be buying a house today. Sure. So point being is there's an awful lot of demand just from the fact that we haven't kept up with adding to the new supply in the way that we know we need to. So this is what's single-handedly creating the, the, the home value that keeps increasing. Every, I mean, every time we look at it, even if home sales are down a little bit, what we keep finding is month over month, the values are higher. Correct. Um, and so... And since 2009, every quarter rents have gone up. Yeah. Um, and that's more than like three or 4%. It's, it's up, it's up around eight or 9%. Yeah. So, you know, the reality of it is I, I found, I, for, I forgot to bold this sentence. So let me just read this again. The, the sales pace of new home sales hit 539,000. Mm -hmm. Um, that's all of the new homes that would sell in 2015. Um, the, that's the, the highest clip in seven years but we went from 1.4 million in July of 05 to 270,000 in February of 2011. Think about that. Mm -hmm. That's a big reduction in the amount of houses built. Yep. Um, and so naturally there's this, then this pent up demand issue where we're just, if something comes on the market, we're clawing to get at it. And that trickles down all the way into the rents. Cause if you can't rent, yep. You know, if you can't buy, then you're going to have to rent. And if the housing is getting more expensive because of people lining up to pay a premium to get them and, and fighting each other to do so, then the rents track right along with that, right? Sure. So there you have it. Rents uh, are not going down anytime soon. Um, and from my stance in terms of lending, unless we see I, – I think the uh, – Unless we see a lot of homes added to the economy, not just here, but also nationally, because remember, these are national statistics. Um, we don't, there's not really a, a, a quick solution to this problem. Um, so I really think what it means is that it makes real estate today probably a, a better investment than ever. Mm -hmm. um, and in particular, if you already own real estate, it might be a good time to get into rental properties because <laughs> well, rents are going up too. Many of the investors that I deal with still say that flipping is more attractive to them than the rental just because of the fact they can get a house, you know, put the TLC into it, right. pay three, four months worth of the payment and rent it and sell it back for the nice profit. Now, sure. 
the people that are buying those houses though are the people that say you know i don't have the wherewithal or the ability to buy it at that low price but i will buy it at this price and i will rent it and break yeah and i think one of the problems here is that um in terms of just being an investor like first Mm -hmm. and foremost when you're buying an investment property for the the hold right like i'm going to get a 30-year fixed on an investment property because it's my goal to have a a rental property right um you're looking at 20 percent down so if you want to do that in san luis obispo where you know a house over close to cal poly like those ones tucked up right in on the freeway on loomis those are seven eight hundred thousand dollar houses yeah so you're talking about having to put down a pretty good chunk of money and um so then right out of the gate you got you're gonna have to separate yourself 140 to a few hundred thousand dollars depending on what the max loan amount is for the program you're after mm-hmm. and then you know a decent rule of thumb for budgeting is that so let's say i buy a seven hundred thousand dollar house and i put two hundred thousand dollars down that's a lot of money to just put down and you know, it's, this is another conversation, but that equity is kind of dead from an investing standpoint, right? Because your your house is going to appreciate, depreciate, or cash flow independent of your equity position, right? So I've just kind of got $200,000 that I'm just sidelining as a down payment to be able to get in on this house. $500,000 worth of mortgages, um, that's typically about, you know, $3,000 a month. Because we, I use a factor when I'm yep, doing the I gross estimates of about six hundred dollars per month for every hundred thousand you borrow. That's a conservative one. So I if like you, that. if you borrow yourself, you know, five hundred grand, and you're paying three thousand bucks a month for that, is it going to rent for much more than that? Chances are not. When you put in, you know, you you might get some tax savings or whatever for depreciation and things like that. But when you deal in vacancy and repairs and all the other little things that go into being a property owner. You're not making windfall profits on this thing for having ponied up two hundred thousand bucks and taken on the nightmare of managing kids that stack up on the roof and collapse the garage. <laughs> so it's it's still for that person, you know, is like the new investor to buy one just as a rental here in slow is a difficult you don't see too much of that. This is not the greatest market to do it in, true. Right. But, you know, if you have owned a property here for a good long while, you know, you bought a house here in the 90s for $300,000. And now, yeah, you know, like you said, you got a good low mortgage and it's like, you know, getting paid off every month and you're just making windfall profits on the rent. That's probably a a better deal um, for that landlord. But um, my, my, I want to just circle back to the point though. I brought that argument up just to say that's why people end up flipping typically because if you're going to get in and find yourself in like a cash flow neutral situation where you've deployed a couple hundred thousand dollars and it's not really doing much for you, that investor um, with a little gumption might be better off to buy a fixer, fix it up and then put it back on the market and hope to sell it for a five, 10 or 20 percent profit. For having done that work and put out that capital, they get their money back and don't have that, you know, kind of budget neutral investment just sitting there. Um, well, I'm glad that we're having Dan Knight on today because he could be an expert on talking on how that all works. Sure. You know, how many people get the hammer themselves and do all the work themselves? I don't know. 
More than I would probably imagine. A lot of people, I think, roll their sleeves up to do the the big DIY project. Um, so housing starts then fell pretty dramatically. Um, and that means that nationally we're building a little bit less houses this month than we hoped to. Um, and many folks would blame that uh, cold weather that's been going on back east and in the Midwest. Um, the, the thing about these metrics that don't make much sense is that the West Coast sort of led the drag. And we've been having some very temperate, great climate. Yeah, should yeah. be perfect for constructing, but, but we're not. Um, and so, you know, then, then also we found out about resales. Um, these are houses that have been previously lived in. Um, they did, they did pretty good, um, here for the month of February, um, going up 1.2% to an annual rate of 4.88 million units. Um, so January was kind of a rough month for resales. February was a better month. Um, but all in all, again, kind of like wrap back up this quick housing segment. The, the takeaway here is that there's not enough homes to go around and that therefore is causing problems where we're needing to, um, add more homes or we're just simply going to be paying more for real estate and paying more for rent because the income's not going up. No. Well, yeah, that that's, that's definitely a big part of it. So we're, uh, gosh, we're getting ready for the first commercial break here. In fact, we, we might've should have done it a few minutes ago. So let's go ahead and do that. Uh, we'll do a commercial break, take some time out to thank the sponsors. When we get back, we're going to have Dan Knight join us, and uh, we'll have that conversation, find out what he's got to add to the conversation. Stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. 
agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Then down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, hotter than a match All right, everybody, welcome back. Thanks much for uh, sticking with us. It's 9.30 now on March 28th. I imagine listenership is pretty light today as the weather is pretty epic and you guys are out uh, hopefully on your way to the beach or on a boat already. Farmer's Market in Templeton. KBC has the Easter egg hunt today. Oh, Uh, yeah. Oh, do plug, do plug. You should call your, you know, your your kids are young enough. Yeah. Your wife, take them over there. Yeah, well, my boys are like they're at um, optimum egg collecting. I mean, they're they're yeah. <laughs> they know where to look, how to look efficiently. They can carry more. Kids. They've got those strategies where they can put yeah. them down the shirt and you know carry more than the poor little kids that are trying to do fifteen in their baby hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're at that age now where they're gonna you know, upset people quickly. Okay, kind of like when you went trick or treating in freshman year. Did you do that <laughs> freshman year high school? No, <laughs> that's when it got yeah. weird, right? You yeah. shouldn't be out here, kid. Yeah, yeah. but I, I love Reese's Pieces. I got the yeah, boot from trick or treating <laughs> at that age, man. My, yeah, um, yeah. I, w- I won't even go into that. We weren't allowed to trick or treat anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, today's Little League Day, so you know, at, at the field basically all day long. Oh, okay. So that'll hack into that. But tell me about yeah. the egg hunt real quick, because there's some people that are just dying to go collect eggs right yeah, now. Yeah, it's up at the Tascadero Lake Park. And a beautiful setting, actually. I think they just call it a Tascadero Park now. Yeah. Okay, Tascadero Park. (laughs) It's going to be a great time. No, I think they dug it deeper, and I think Mm -hmm. they filled it back up now. I should know this because I live in the Tascadero. Yeah. Kids of all ages, they're going to have prizes and everything. Wow. Get up there. Have fun. What time is it? Um, I believe it's starting at 10. It might might have already just started but yeah it'd be a lot i think it's starting around 10 o'clock you want me to just take over jay you can just yeah i gotta go yeah. <laughs> hey everyone i yeah, can it's just not, me now. <laughs> yeah. i cannot be here knowing there's an easter egg hunt oh it's gonna be tons of fun there's prizes there's a whole bunch of stuff going on yeah. uh you're getting texts now <laughs> dad are we, go- are we going dad yeah we're all in the car <laughs> All right, uh, so funny. hey, we got Dan Knight joining us here. You're going to be with us for the middle hour, right, Dan? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Out. Yeah, we're yeah, thanks for coming. It, we're pleased to have you. Um, so I always like to begin these segments by just kind of finding out a little bit about you. Sure. Kind of, you know, it's fun for people to figure out where you're from and where mm-hmm. you are, what you're doing, what your life's goals are. Absolutely. Yeah, my name's uh, Dan Knight. I've been around. Uh, San Luis County all my life. My dad's been a contractor here for, wow, going on 40 years now. Um, kind There's of that experience in, thing again. Yeah, the experience <laughs> thing. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I apprenticed under uh, Night and Sun Construction for the early part of my life. Cool. Uh, before I went out on my own, I've been in business for about 11 years now. Uh, went to Morro Bay High, switched to Templeton Independent Study when I decided working was for me. 
and then uh, went into business doing handyman work and uh, kind of grew to house moving, underground utilities, uh, public works of any kind. So we do just about anything remodel or where there's a lot of red tape or a lot of hassle or a lot of uh, work that the typical guy couldn't do. We kind of step in at that point. There's a lot of really qualified guys, so we don't want to compete with them directly. Right. So. <laughs> it's funny. you um, the, I watched a show recently about um, these guys that moved a few houses. They're sort sure. of like they're just house movers for mm-hmm. a living. And I thought to myself, that seems rare. How exactly. Many, how many houses a year are moved in Slow County? You know, I don't think many, but I think uh, there's only a couple guys in town that I know of that do it, including myself. And have what's have you you've actually moved a house from one location to another location? So usually, what happens is we'll have to move it on the same piece of property because okay. of a setback issue. Somebody wants to to add on to the house or some stipulation for. Uh, the city or the county needs something done, so we kind of step in and make it so they don't have to tear the house down and build a new one. We could save the old architecture and recycle without material. A, without a pretty vivid imagination, moving a home seems like the most <laughs> daunting task. Uh, I couldn't imagine what must go into doing that. I mean, I, at the end of the day, right, it's just kind of like start disconnecting things and jack it up and block it and jack it up and block it. Exactly. And uh-huh. then somehow push that somewhere but uh i feel bad for the uh, insurance agent that has to hear exactly what your workers are doing <laughs> they're going to stand underneath a house that's eight feet above the ground that shouldn't fall on them yeah <laughs> well i guess that's the thing i uh i'm always the first one under and the last one out from underneath of it so i figure that's good insurance for anybody i uh kind of grew up under the house doing that so i can it's almost like a living thing when you lift it up you know if things are going wrong if you need to get out and uh Hmm. I learned to live without sleep when those things are in the air. Every time the wind blows or there's rain or anything like that, I'm out and checking on the job. So, wow. <laughs> my my poor insurance agent, though, I think he's probably. So really how many worried. how many houses a year would you say that you guys lift? I think typically one to two big jobs a year, okay. and then we fill in with uh, underground work, remodel work, and that sort of thing. Because generally, when we set it down. It turns into a full remodel afterwards. So then we're on the job uh, fixing, you know, cracked drywall, repairing windows. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, Some friends of mine in Atascadero recently bought this house. It was, mm-hmm. it was kind of a funky house. It looked sure. like it was added on to like six different times mm-hmm. over the years, right? <laughs> yeah. You've probably been in a million oh, of these. Every ones. one of them, yeah. But we, um, it's sort of the lot is a slope. Mm-hmm. So at the front, you know, you go up like a probably an eight foot tall little flight of stairs to the front door so sure. there's like a build-up and so we went under the build-up to see what was under there mm-hmm. and they had some pretty long floor joists and these things were pseudo anchored like not strapped <laughs> at all really but sure. like a little little like post and pier type mm-hmm. of setup that just had like some two by fours like wedged in across sure. these long spans and mm-hmm. you could see where it was sagging mm-hmm. and you could also feel the floor bounce upstairs where it just it had shifted or settled and just, yeah, it wasn't working anymore <laughs> sure um and I didn't know you then when I was mm-hmm. walking through there, but I was thinking, man, you guys need to get somebody out here that knows how to kind of lift this sagging corner exactly. over here mm-hmm. and then sort of reset the suspension to this whole floor. To I mean, 
the added effect of having a trampoline in your living room is kind of nice for some people, but I would think most. <laughs> yeah, once the kids grow up, it's not so fun like anymore. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get that a lot of times where we'll have somebody that comes in and says, we know there's something wrong, but we don't know what, and we'll uh, show up to the house. And a lot of times when there's a, you know, a cut in the front where dirt is settled, everything's starting to slope off on one end, the back of the house is secure. So we'll actually come in, lift that up, and we'll actually do the site work to kind of re-support <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, resupport the uh, the front of that where they put the cut and fill and didn't get the compaction. So we, a lot of what we do is also also dirt work and soil retention and soil stabilization and preparation for the lifting. So a lot of times we'll get in there and tighten up the the floor joist support and kind of make it so the spans aren't so great because there's been times where we've seen you know two by six floor joists spanning 18 feet and they wonder why when they put a couch in the center of the room it's suddenly a a walk you know right <laughs> right. So, Right. Yeah. So, so is that really your bread and butter then is the kind of lifts and that kind of thing? Or what's keeping you busy? Surprisingly, it's remodel work. Uh, I think kind of ancillary to the lifting, we've been building a reputation for remodeling kitchens and baths and uh, problem water on wells and that sort of thing. So we've been taken away from lifting a lot lately because people can't get somebody that can come in and do the electrical, the tile, waterproofing, framing, and a little bit of everything. And I think our experience lends well from the house lifting because you're forced to learn everything when you lift a house because you have to take everything apart, disconnect and lift, and then put it back down. So in addition to our general engineering license, we also have a general building license and plumbing license and soon to be hopefully electrical license kind of take care of everybody at once so sure. i'm surprised uh, it was house lifting and now we're kind of being pulled away by demand <laughs> sure. to go do general remodeling work more and more and then- i have a question about that so i think uh, i know i'm interested in hearing your response here their listeners mm-hmm. may be too and particularly what i'm going to ask you about is are more people saying you know dan we didn't think we were going to stay in this house mm-hmm. that long but now we kind of like it we like the neighborhood we'd like to stay but you know we just need to give this house a facelift is that how most of your conversations are starting or are you coming in you know who is who's the main remodel buyer is it just across the board everyone or is it people that realize that they could stay in their house for cheaper than going to buy a house that's let's say the move up house well i think there are two things that have come from that uh, a lot of long, young excuse me young professionals that i knew okay. uh, that uh, we were going to school at the same time starting to hit that point where they're Uh, Not affluent, but they're able to start to enjoy creature comforts, um, and Mm -hmm. they're able to do a little bit of remodel work, one bathroom at a time, one Mm -hmm. kitchen. Um, I've got a couple clients that were thinking they were going to buy a a house that was formerly a a party neighborhood, and then as it's kind of calmed down, they realize, oh, I can stay here, so we want to fix this up, and it's a lot easier to remodel than to, to tear down and have to go through the permitting process and all the impact fees and that sort of thing. But I'd say mostly uh, younger people under 40 that are starting to get to the point where they want to enjoy their hard work. They've gone through college. They've got their experience like you were talking about this morning and uh, 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 starting to just kind of piecemeal it out. I've had a couple where they come through and say, got the whole house, but the majority of it, they're living there the whole time. So we try to accommodate them with dust control and kind of doing it in phases, even though it's just a single family residence. Right. 
So could you go grocery shopping today from two to four? We're going to be using the table saw then. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. There's a lot of times where they'll say, you can't run the chipping hammer. My son's got to take a, a nap from 10 to 11. <laughs> and I totally understand. I have my seven-month-old, and I'm putting a, doing repiping my house kind of slowly but surely, and I'm planning everything around nap time and <laughs> not to upset wow. them too much. Yep. <laughs> Those little kids rule the world sometimes. Exactly. Indeed. Hey, it's... Uh, it's 941, so we're going to do commercial break here. we got one more to squeeze in before the top of the hour. If you guys have a question or want to share a comment or ask a question, you can. 543-8830 is the number here in the studio. 543-8830. We'll be back after this short break with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right. Now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. Refi or refinance at home. Just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, guys, welcome back. Hey, we had a phone call for a second. The line went dead. So, Eric from Slow, if you uh, if your call dropped, uh, give us a try back. If you got stage fright, dude, don't worry about it. <laughs> we're all friends here. It's going to be super. We're going to go easy on you. Uh, yeah, so anybody, if you, if you guys want to call and ask questions, share comments, 
543-8830. There was a, um, during the break here, we were kind of discussing what it means to be buying a house lately. And I, and I think knowing Dan and, and knowing what your, uh, what your company, as far as the services offered, I think mm-hmm. sort of opens up some new ideas to some other folks in terms of, um, every now and again, you come across a property on the market where, uh, they're disclosing that there's like a, a foundational sure. issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the slabs broken, like you said, the front of it's fallen down the hill mm-hmm. or, or whatever. And, um, uh, and oftentimes we just look at those and say, well, that's unlendable and just move past it. Right. Exactly. Or some people don't necessarily want to true. buy that major project or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they but, think it's too much of a headache. Yeah, and so I was hoping that we could shed a little bit of light on that and and discuss how kind of um, really that it's not. There there are loan programs available to make that happen, and it's not simply just hard money loans, as many people believe. There's institutional loans to do that, Um, and Mike, we can do that, can't we? That's right. Yeah, we can. Uh, A 203K loan, there's two types of those, where you can purchase a property and make simple adjustments. This is also known as a streamlined 203K, or the full, and the full will allow you to um, make improvements, repairs, or even you know better a home up to the county limits, which is 561,000. Yeah. And so you know that's not a. I wouldn't say it's the same process as buying a house. There is more underwriting. There's going to be a lot more teamwork, if you will, with someone like Dan, mm. um, us as the lender, and you understanding what you want and need in a dude i was time. curious dan have you been involved in one of those yet where there somebody's basically using an fha loan to accomplish something like doing a lift to repair some foundational issue or something i, I more in an indirect sense but i have worked with people that were using that type of lending to where i had to provide a certification and the a sure. final inspection and that's how they got their lending and we were able to carry the job and, uh, and no money was released until the foundation was in a condition and final to where the bank felt comfortable that it, it wasn't going to fall over in the next earthquake. Now, it, I don't want you to breeze past that because I, from a lender standpoint, this is um, this always becomes a pretty big deal. Uh, and, and I'll say it, it's not just something so major as something structural, but mm-hmm. sometimes we do what's called an escrow holdback mm-hmm. where – there's something about the property that needs to be fixed ultimately to satisfy the lender. The underwriter is concerned that, you know what, this, what do you want to call it? For sake of, since we have you here today, let's sure. call it a, a crack in the foundation mm-hmm. where there's a separation and the floor is down four inches over in this corner. Sure. That that house where you could like roll a ball across the hardwood <laughs> Drop floor. the marble. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so the lender says, hey, well, as is, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And say, well, the buyer... He doesn't necessarily want to come in and spend his hard-earned money on mm-hmm. fixing somebody else's house. He sure. wants to take title to it before they deploy their savings. Um, so you end up, sort of end up in this standoff where the seller, they don't necessarily have the money or interest sure. in fixing it. This is why they're selling it. Mm-hmm. And sure, if they are going to participate in help selling it, they, they want to do so after they've been paid because sure. that's when they have their money. <laughs> mm-hmm. So everybody's sort of like stuck. Well, hey, nobody really has the the money or interest in paying for mm-hmm. it. And when we can come across a contractor that um, has the ability to do a job um, and, and sort of help get it to that point where now finally it's done so 
so the sure. lender releases the money and everybody can mm. get paid. Um, it sounds like you have an ability, at least on some of these jobs, to to do that work, knowing that the money's coming in the end and not up front, sure. like it would customarily be. Exactly. I think that's the that's a big the, deal. That's always the hard part Huge. is uh, having the the wherewithal to do the business por- portion correctly. I feel like a lot of contractors are tradesmen that never did the business training. And uh, I think I was that in the beginning until I went back and I got two degrees in accounting to understand a little better how money worked. And I realized you got to have capital to be able to, to take on bigger projects. I mean, I couldn't do a hotel, uh, but I have a group of subcontractors who are just really great. Uh, this guy, Mitch Madrid, uh, my dad has Knight and Son Construction, and then there's AAA Landscaping. And between the three of us, we're able to usually put something together to where we can wait until the foundation and the money is released a lot of times at the but it is what it is is the foundation we don't necessarily have to have the remodel work done right but we can kind of hold till the end uh just because of the all the subs that i use are very financially stable i try and be financially stable and we try and pass that off to the customer because we realize anybody could come in well most anybody could come in and do a bathroom but not many people are able to handle the business end of things in addition to being able to do the trade Sure. Side, so it's, yeah, that's a partnership now. You're not just a vendor. You know, you're a mm-hmm. partner in this process. And I would think that that's a great thing for real estate agents to know. Oh, I can think of so many um, transactions I saw fall apart in the last five years mm-hmm. where those kinds of issues presented themselves. And sometimes it's something so simple. Like, for example, I had one recently where uh, there was termite work that needed to be done. Sure. And, and it wasn't just fumigation. There was a little bit of fungus and dry rot on some boards. And, th- you know, it's a few thousand bucks worth of work that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And and the deal ultimately blew up because nobody was willing. The termite company wasn't willing to just be paid through escrow in the end. Sure. They wanted to be paid up front. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, couldn't really find anybody that was willing. Like the seller didn't have the money to kick in. The buyer didn't want to spend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone just kind of stood around. And. When those kind of things are about to die, you start to see there becomes this this dialogue between the real estate agents that are particularly interested in keeping it together. Mm -hmm. And then the lender where it's like, you know what? I mean, everyone could chip in a little bit of their commission Mm -hmm. to help get it across the finish line. But even the realtor's commission is not paid until the deal's (laughs) consummated. So Mm -hmm. the money's immaterial. So generally, unless there's a tradesman willing to step up and say... I'll be your Huckleberry. You know, you guys seem like good people and I'm going to trust you. (laughs) And I I get that you have like an ability to file a mechanics lien or do some other things. So inefficient. Yeah. But really what you need is some assurances Mm -hmm. from working with people with integrity that if you do this work, you're going to get you're going to get it back in the end. Yeah. Um, And sadly, I think so many people have been uh, have been burned or whatever that. I find there around town, there's not a lot of people that are willing to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, we go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, I feel like relationships is what it's about in, in San Luis, and developing those has been hard. It's taken getting burned many, many times, but there's a couple real estate agents that I like to work with that are, I know it's going to come through in the end, or they'll make it right, or on the next one, and it's but it is tough. I It's one of the reasons that I started going to law school is I've been burned so many times. So many of my friends have been burned. <laughs> and it just, uh, it's a sad thing to see. But yeah. uh, there are reputable people out there that, you know, like yourselves, that I, I wouldn't mind coming out and laying out a bunch of money on a project. I know it'll come through. And 
mechanics liens so difficult so long and you really lose money in the end so it's all all relationships like you say yeah we talked about money let's talk about for those listeners who are thinking like wow okay uh how long does it take to make some of these repairs i mean if an escrow is 30 to 45 days is that okay or is that putting you in the hot seat at day one i think that's hot seat at day one okay Uh, we had one project that we had up and down in 30 days where we had all of the subs going uh, all the help we had some contract labor come in on that one well there's got to be a permit process to begin with absolutely and so just that is probably unless somebody's already done all that groundwork that's probably going to take a few weeks around here right well i think a few weeks uh there's a lot of really good architects out there uh bryce engstrom we've worked with a couple times uh, Bob Vesley is a good engineer, and they just, at different times we've worked with them, and they've always really worked with us, the equipment we have, how we're able to build, um, and then a lot of times the city is slow or the county of slow, depending on the jurisdiction, will allow us to use a, a set of plans that are more substantial than if an engineer was to do it, and we can get them through and permitted, and a lot of times we can get the permit over the counter when we explain this is this is what's going on, we're replacing in kind but more substantially, we're tightening up uh, the support for the floor joists or something like that. They're very accommodating because we have a very good reputation with them, and they understand we're not going to leave anybody hanging, and a lot of times we're working on spec. So we really have to get this thing final as soon as possible, and they like that closing permits as soon as possible. Right. So it's a good jurisdiction to work in if you know the rules. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Sounds like a ton of fun. I know. Um, let's, I could, go, let's go buy a house right now. <laughs> the, the other thing, of course, you know, there's a good part of me that hopes, I, first of all, thanks for coming out on a Saturday. I oh, mean, thank you. There's a, I think most people would rather be out enjoying the great weather today than coming to sit in with some schleps on the radio. <laughs> um, so I really appreciate you taking the time yeah, to come you, in and share that. And I got to imagine that there's some people in San Luis Obispo that are listening right now that mm-hmm. are like, you know, I got that, like, whether it's that enclosed porch out there or um, just some corner of the house that's, or even in the middle, mm-hmm. someplace where something obviously just isn't quite coming together and maybe they're living with it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What, is it, what does it look like for that person um, just to have you out? I mean, is there a consultation fee to come out and take a look, to crawl under there and see mm-hmm. what's going on? Um, if there's somebody like that that's had something like this backburnered but would be interested once and for all to find out what it is and what it's going to take to fix sure. it, what do they do? Yeah, if they either uh, call or text me on the, the business line at uh, 805-235-8775 or email me at danknightconstruction at uh, msn.com, I usually come out for free and take a look, take a crawl under the house, uh, assuming I don't need to tunnel back in. There's a couple projects for... Yeah, I'm 275 pounds, so getting under a house can be problematic. But yeah, you kind of look like a linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 full disclosure. Yeah. Don't take this guy to lunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mike took me to lunch. I didn't realize he was paying, so I went big, and now I feel like I owe him, a, uh, you know, no, the next three lunches in a row. <laughs> I thought we were going to share all that food, but then you just kind of, you know, walled it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I grew up with a brother, so I had to protect my chow, you know. <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, coming out, I usually do, the first visit's free. I can usually give you a, an idea of what's coming your way, mm. uh, or if it's something where an inspection report needs to be written, if it's something that I'm qualified to do, I'll write it, or I'll get a sub to write it if, uh, if need be, or if we need a design professional to come out. Um, 
And then after that, it kind of gets into where we're actually putting work together that you can take to any contractor and start showing lenders. And at that point, we start to charge, but it's kind of a nominal fee up front just to kind of cover our overhead. Sure. Same with the permitting process, because we don't want to the design phase to scare people away from, you know, the, yeah. the dream house they're going to get in the end because it's it's a small cost in the grand scheme of things. True. This house of my friends in Atascadero, I was telling you about where we mm -hmm. went into their little crawl space underneath, and I was looking at it. For the most part, I'd say, you know, it's like these 30-foot spans, a two-by-six on end, mm -hmm. and they had some posts in pier, like I say, but you could see how some of them were already sort of like um, – sort of rocked a little bit and mm -hmm. leaning at a slight angle where I kept thinking, man, a good little earthquake and those things could be popping right out of there exactly. and do some significant interior damage, if only to the drywall or break glass or doors or something. Mm -hmm. um, but I imagine there's other people too that just want to have that stuff looked at to know that it's like it's strapped down and attached the way that it should sure. be so it can't just bounce right off its foundation. Mm -hmm. And we've had a lot of those where we've their foundation is good, but it's not fastened properly, or we go in and kind of augment the floor joist system. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sell anything that they don't need. So a lot of times we can save them huge amounts of money just by augmenting what they have and kind of tightening up the support pattern and some strapping, and they get out where it would have been 150000 They get out for four or 5000 and then they have all that money to put into a remodel to really enjoy yeah. Know, painting the house or a new roof or something like that. Or flip side is you wait until there's some bigger problem and the house does shift and well, now you've got 150000 in repairs. Exactly. Kind of hedge your bets that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked a lot about needs this this end of the end of the hour here, but when we get back after the commercial break, I'd like to talk about wants, you know, people, what they want to do with their house inside and out and how you could help them with that, Dan. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And so as we head into this last minute here before the commercial break, I'd like to um, anybody that we caught right now sitting in their driveway saying, give dude's phone number again. Dan, what's Go your ahead, phone Dan. number again? Uh, so my direct cell phone number, you'll get a hold of me every time, is 805-235-8775. Or I'm a big emailer, Construction at msn.com. Or if you want to tweet me, D-K-C-O-N-T-A-N-D-P-L-U-M-B. Excellent. Excellente. Look at that timing. You're a radio Woo, look pro. Look at this guy. We'll be back. All right, back. guys, top of the hour break. we got a few minutes to go. Um, when we get back, we'll have a whole other hour of Mortgage Matters, so do stick around. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Mortgage Matters. We're here at the last hour here, 10 to 11 o'clock hour. You should have your second cup of coffee ready to go. We're here with Dan Knight from Dan Knight Construction. And Jay and I have just kind of listened to Dan and talked to us about, you know, things that people might need to do when they sell their house or, or improve their house because of foundation issues or construction issues. But what we want to do now is segue into what you might want to do with your house. I mean, think about it. It's spring, people. It's time to get that construction project done. Home Depot is going to start having their uh, 
their uh, their Pandora commercials going, and <laughs> you start wondering, am I going to be able to do this myself, or should I talk to someone like Dan? And before we jump into just exactly what Dan can do for you, I, I want to introduce a product that we offer at Central Coast Lending that you may not know about. I spoke about it back in February. And it's called a renovation loan. It's really a, it's a Fannie Mae product, so it's a conventional refinance loan. But what we are allowed to do is take a construction budget from day and night and say, you go through, you want to add that fourth bedroom or you want to improve your kitchen, let's say blow out a wall and make a pantry, yada, yada, yada. We'll take that construction budget and then we'll have an appraiser come out They'll look at the budget, what's going to be completed, and then they'll appraise the property for you for what the completed, uh, the completed value will be. So once all the work's done, they're going to say your house will go from being $400,000 to, in today's market, 620000 or maybe more realistically, 520000 So that $120,000 in equity is right there sitting on the table for you to use, and we can lend you that money before the construction project starts. So one of the main reasons, I mean, that's a pretty exciting thing. I mean, Jay, I I know you are, um, you've seen me work on a couple of these now. We're bringing one of them to completion with a property out in Cayucos, but um, you're pretty much a big fan of... Hey, if you can just do a refinance, do a refinance, take cash out and work with Dan independently. We don't have to get involved. But I think what you've seen with me working on these is that not everyone has that equity in their home, but if they could build the equity into their home, yeah, it can work. That in what you're describing, not only is it accurate, but it's a great solution for many people that, um, you know, maybe buy a house like, 2007 right where it went down in value for a long time and you really wished you could have sold it because it doesn't totally fit your needs and then uh but you were underwater and now it's kind of back to flush so you can't still really sell it uh but you really would be interested in making that addition or remodel to bring it up to what those needs you have as opposed to selling it and moving um, that's a great way to do it. The other thing about that product that many people don't realize is um, this is one of the very few loan programs where you can be midstream, like you started it yourself. Mm. Uh, and I bet, Dan, you've probably seen this a hundred <laughs> times. Absolutely. But um, like for me, first house, my first house that I bought years ago, I bought it, closed escrow, got the keys, came up, got a roll away, delivered to the driveway, mm-hmm. gutted it, <laughs> gutted to the studs, the mm-hmm. kitchen, the bathrooms, the drywall, wow. the entire house just gutted. And we literally, when you went into this place after this, it was like the slab and studs. That was my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, in fact, get it back together on my own. But every now and again, that's impressive. Usually sure. happens is somebody calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, so my husband tore our house apart <laughs> and right. that was three years ago exactly. and now we don't have the money to fix it. We need, um, $50,000 that's what the contractor needs right. to come button this pup up. And right. we're like, I'm sorry. Your husband's like, he's chiming to... in from the background. It's like 95% yeah, exactly. done. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's going to be on the couch yet again because yeah. you cannot get financing mid-construction it's like 
It's just like the the kiss of death and lending. But and why this, is that, Jay? Well, primarily because I, I'll I'll just you want to know why? This I got is, to know. This is the um, maybe the unfriendly deal, but guess what? You're the ambitious kind of person that tore apart your house without having a very good plan, and then you blew the time frame and the budget, and now you're here looking for a bailout. We as a lender don't want to work with people typically that don't have good plans, Mm -hmm. that don't appear secure, and that don't know how to keep budgets or timeframes. So you're sort of walking in going, I'm a mess. (laughs) I ruined it all and I need money. Uh, Not a good fit. On this program, however, there's they'll allow that where you you ran out of dough and you need some more. Uh, this is a program that you could get the help to finish up, whether it's going to be you or finally bringing in a contractor mm-hmm. to get her done. <laughs> and so many times I think people need to realize this. You're looking at, you know, you know you've owned your house for 10, 12 years. You had a house that sold in your neighborhood just last month for, you know, $500,000. So you think that you've got $100,000 in equity. So you're going to go down to Wells Fargo, wherever you go. Maybe you don't think of calling us. And they're just going to give you a simple appraisal with the value of where it's at. You could, and you're going to, what you're going to do is you're going to take that money, right? And you're going to remodel your kitchen. Maybe you're going to replenish your savings a bit. Consider talking with us about this program because we can lend you money at four and an eighth, four and a quarter, right? And we we won't just give you that big check. Sometimes people say, Ooh, I don't know that I'd want all that. How am I going to manage it? This is where I'm going to kind of mentioned to you, we gonna, we're going to work with Dan Knight. Dan is going to, in addition to the budget he prepared before we went and got the appraisal, he's going to present invoices to us and the lender is going to pay Dan for you. And so mm-hmm. it's really a neat program. What I'd like to do just really quick is segueing. I want to get Dan involved in this discussion is, you know, Dan, when people come to you to talk about remodels, you know, where are they in the process? Do you bring up money? Do you talk about how they're going to pay for that? You know, and how, how much do you walk them through to get prepared for what it's all going to cost? Well, yeah. So when I come in, usually the first question I ask is, what's your budget? Because uh, I've had, uh, you know, people say, I want to do a whole house remodel. I have $10,000. And I say, let me save you some trouble. That might buy you um, new flooring in your house. But uh, if they mm-hmm. are aware of the true cost, I think... Um, you know, there's the the upfront cost. You can get the flooring for two dollars a square foot or something like that. They don't realize the labor has to do. Uh, there's a large component of that. Uh, I think that's the first thing is making sure they understand how much money it's truly going to cost, mm-hmm. uh, and then start putting budgets together, uh, finding out how they're going to be paying for it. Usually with cash uh, cash customers, we don't perform or prepare such a formal budget. Uh, we'll kind of tell them, you know, when we're, when we're to this point, we expect to check, but uh, it's loose. We'll put when the foundation's poured, for example, we expect to draw. When it's yeah, the house is set down, yeah. Uh, when there's financing involved, we're more formal with it. We actually tie up, type up a plan. When we get to this, how much cash we're going to have in reserve for contingencies and so forth. Good. So it's a lot more formal because, uh, I mean, that's the nature of the beast with remodels. At any Anytime you open a wall that you can't look behind before the budget could go up or down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been times where we've opened walls and we go, oh, hey, that looks good. We don't have to do anything after all. Looks like you get new lighting, too. So okay. It's, cool. I mean, yeah, that's nice. Always that possibility, but we try to kind of get around that with our budgeting process as much as we can. Sure. Doing a remodel. Sure. 
And I mean, I, I know you and I have been talking about this strategizing mm-hmm. with a couple of our mutual clients sure. together outside of the radio. But, mm-hmm. you know, what do you feel like knowing as I'm educating you about this product, mm-hmm. how do you feel this could help a homeowner you know, knowing that they could go in with a combination of cash and financing instead of them getting started? Like Jay's example, the person who said, whoops, I went to go get cash uh-huh. today and there's no more left. Right. <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's very helpful. A lot, uh, a lot of the demographic that I serve being the, the younger working professionals that don't, won't necessarily have half million dollars in the bank to pay out, but they have, you know, a down, you know, the initial portion of the money or they realize they don't know and they're able to yeah. also uh, finance the other portion of it. And well, then they're kind or of they've hit the income minded. stride. They've hit their first income stride where now all of a sudden... Here's a big misstep too is that, you know, let's say you bought a house for 400000 bucks and you owe, you know, you put 20% down so you owe three hundred twenty grand. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of a normal deal around town. And you're like, you know what? I, I really, if I could get at that eighty grand, I would... Um, throw this bedroom over here or whatever, right? I mean, maybe it's an ideal setup where you could add a bedroom for a hundred grand. Um, you go on down to Wells Fargo. So le- let me get a line of credit or something against my house. I, I need this, this 80 grand out. Uh, we don't loan you a hundred percent of your home's value. Typically not on a cash out refinance. That's right. Um, and that's one of the other things about this program. I know you already mentioned this, but I really want to reiterate it, is it takes an appraisal on what the completed value will be. In other words, we should highlight that. The appraiser stands at the street and says, with this added 800 square feet or 400 square feet or bathroom or whatever you're going to do, with that, this home would then comp to these homes and this would be the value. And then that value is used for determining how much you can borrow. Generally speaking, we like to loan people um, some percentage of their value, be it 70 or 80 or 90%. Um, So there's a big difference in borrowing 90% of your current value versus borrowing 90% of your proposed value. Mm -hmm. Um, And being able to take that into consideration up front and be able to address that that way, that's how that... Like you said, that younger working professional that sure. isn't sitting on a lifetime of, of savings mm-hmm. that they're ready to to roll into this. The, this is somebody that's like, you know, I got a little bit of equity. I'm making good money at work. I've got a vision. I need another bedroom. Uh, you know, the, the uh, infertility drug works so well that now we're having triplets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those kind of things happen. Yeah, oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, I don't want to move. They don't have the hundred grand in their pocket, but there makes really good sense to be able to say, hey, that $80,000 add-on is actually going to add $150,000 worth of value. And sometimes that's true. Um, in particular, if you look around at some of the homes, and they're in San Luis and Atascara and Osos, sometimes there are neighborhoods where the 1,100 square feet houses are 300 grand, mm-hmm. and then the 1,800 square feet houses are 450 grand. It's a big step up from going from the two-bedroom, one-bath to the three-bedroom, two-bath, and adding on that extra square footage, you can actually create equity by doing the project where, um, you know, and there are places in the market where that's not going to be the case. But True, and we're not talking about the internals, too, which is if you want to get into that new house, you got to pay a sale, you got to pay a sales commission to get out of your house, plus you got to pay a new property tax on the new house. Right, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, Dan, uh, with with you with you going into this summer season 
Mm-hmm. Do you have, um, with, with rents where they're at now and, you know, kind of as investors are trying to improve, um, you know, their rent as much as possible, mm-hmm. is this a good time for people who have income properties to call on you to do some construction work? Maybe can you, can you think about a time of year where it makes a lot of sense for them to get, t- get in touch with you to do this type of stuff? Yeah, I think um, anytime it's not raining is a, is a good season um, uh, for us because yeah. okay. we're so fortunate being in Slow County. Uh, a lot of times we do waterproofing, site work, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I usually encourage people before they call, if they go to my Instagram page or my Facebook page, Dan Knight Construction, um, they can kind of get an idea of what's possible. Uh, a lot of times we all have to dewater a site before we do any foundation work, so we need to stage that to where there's no rain when we're digging in the ground. We have everything done and we're uh, close the building envelope by the time the rains start, but then after that we can continue on through or minor, minor facelifts, that sort of thing we can accomplish any times with tarps or waterproofing. Very cool. Very cool. We got, a, we got a phone call earlier in the show from somebody that wanted us to discuss um, the most up-to-date information about the new um, rental inspection ordinance in San Luis. And right. I don't feel like I know enough about that mm-hmm. to speak intelligently, so we called in a good friend of the show here. We got Wes Burke on the line, the, the owner-operator of Patterson Realty, and uh, hoping that Wes can give us the, the flyby of this and any new info if need be so morning west thanks good morning guys yeah good show thank you yeah i am um, i'm not uh, a total expert on this but i might be able to shed a little bit of light on on what's going on back in december um the council had directed staff prior to that to uh basically go out and study rental inspection ordinances from various municipalities and, and bring back basically a recommendation for such an ordinance in San Luis Obispo. And um, I happened to be at the at the meeting where the council tackled this issue, and um, it was my perception, uh, as well as many there, and in fact as well as the uh, reporter who covered it for the Tribune, that the vast majority of the people, um, the citizens there, spoke against ordinance. But nonetheless, um, the council uh, voted to move forward with, with an inspection ordinance, which basically directed staff, city staff, to go write the ordinance and bring it back for adoption. So um, the way that this will all uh, unwind is that when staff has that ordinance written, it will come in front of the, of the city council for adoption. Um, I, it's always frustrating to me when, when an agency like the city council choose to choose to kind of ignore um, the feedback that they're getting from the community, and I certainly felt like that's what happened in this case. So I suppose I'm advocating a little bit, taking the ad- advantage of the opportunity to be on the air and advocating that if, if you feel strongly about this ordinance, the appropriate thing to do is uh, watch the council agenda, and when it pops back up on there, uh, go down and let the council know uh, how you feel about it. So. That's kind of the the big picture about what's going on. Uh, the ordinance itself, it's we don't really know for sure what's going to happen with it because it's not been written. But it's the anti slumlord ordinance, right? I'm sorry. Anti slumlord isn't that what they're calling it? Well, that that may be casually <laughs> what they're calling it, but basically, I think the way that it's set up is that there'll be a, an inspection rotation for every property that's not owner occupied, um, and once every 18 months, 
basically uh, an enforcement officer will go out and inspect the exterior as well as the interior of the property. And they're looking basically for code violations. Um, I don't know if there'll be a component in it that allows them to, to look at um, zoning violations as well, but certainly code violations that are health and safety oriented. Um, and I, one of the things that's controversial about the project that, or the program is that it's going to force the property owners to actually pay for the inspections as well. There, uh, there is uh, expected to be a component of the ordinance which uh, would allow a landlord who successfully passes inspection, I think it's two or three times, then they'll be allowed to kind of conduct a self-inspection moving forward. But, you know, it's a, it's a big program because 60-something percent of the properties in San Luis prop, proper are non-owner occupied. So yeah. we're talking about a majority of the homes in San Luis Obispo being subject to these um, governmental inspections. So, well, let's just hope uh, that we can charge enough on the fees for this to be able not only to cover the salaries and compensation packages for the inspectors themselves, but also for it to be a profit center for the government then to research and implement other programs. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hoping, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is funny. <laughs> uh, you can tell. You can tell. By the way, I delivered the the update, but that's exactly what I'm hoping for, right? Well, and let's also then hope too that these landlords don't mind the additional cost and just go ahead and keep the rents where they are, so that we don't further pinch the the poor renters of the community that are already struggling to afford their inflated rents. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, all of these landlords would never do that because it's not really a business decision, you know. I mean, this is all philanthropy, right? Uh, right, <laughs> of course. Because when you when you have additional expenses on your property, you usually just absorb those, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Wes, I have a question for you. Who who are they going to have? Or have you heard that inspecting these properties? Is this going to be? Somebody that's It'll familiar be a with contractor that's like a cousin to somebody on council <laughs> so that they can make sure they get all of the, uh, you know, oh, by the way, you need to put a fire rated door here in between mm -hmm. the garage and this bedroom. And here's my card. Exactly. Uh, I install those, you know, for all. No, the I, I don't I think, think it's going to be a city worker. Go that far. I do think that it'll be uh, a code enforcement officer. And, mm -hmm. right. and I do also believe that they don't have enough on staff right now. to No way. Program, so. It's going to take so Sure, it'll involve the hiring of uh, a, a new bureaucrat. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's good they're going to be using construction professionals and have some experience to do these inspections. <laughs> uh, well, uh, this, this has been, been a fun exploration into sarcasm with you guys. <laughs> yeah, Wes is up. like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, when you get too many dry sense of humors together, you get really dry, sarcastic speak of government action. Wes, thank yeah. you much for uh, responding to me and calling in to uh, help us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Thanks, guys. Wes. I would encourage everybody that's interested in uh, limited taxation, limited government involvement. Um, yeah. One of the problems with the program is like I, I've certainly seen some kind of um, properties around slow where you're like, man, somebody really does mm -hmm. need to intervene. Sure. The landlord here is way off mark. And I would prefer a program like this where there's just a wee tip hotline for all of the mm -hmm. tenants, knowing that our town is 60 percent properties held by tenants. 
give them the the uh, slowrenter.com where they can go in and report offenses and if the staff agrees that the reported offense is bad enough that they need to come make an inspection then absolutely and ding the owner for the inspection um and you know make them go right the wrong but just to make a blanket policy mm-hmm. over everybody cuz i think by and large I would go so far as to say I would expect that over 90% of the rental properties in town um, are up to standard. People have these properties and they're interested in keeping them in good shape. You know, it's a it's unfortunate you kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater when you got to work to the lowest common denominator is that guy that has no pride of ownership, doesn't care about the quality of life or the health safety of their tenants. That's not the norm, right? It can't be. Exactly. It, it encourages people not to do such a good job and then meet the minimum, you know? It's bad ownership, too. It's bad ownership. You're going to see vacancy with that type of, let's say, habit or focus or philosophy. In slow, would you, though? <laughs> That's That, I think, is the argument. And, you know, when we, we've covered this topic a few times on the show, and at times we've received a number of phone calls about people that want to call in and share the horror stories about the, the sort of um, grievances they had in terms of how their landlord treated them. There's uh, obviously those kind of things are going on out there. Uh, I just, I always cringe when, you know, we got to attach a new service with a new fee to pay the salary for the person that does the inspection. And then, you know, it's like, oh, good. So really what we did was create yet one more layer of bureaucracy, one more, um, government entity to exact a fee from. And in the end, you know, we made a lot of sarcastic comment there. I err on the side of saying that these landlords are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They're businessmen. They know exactly what their cash flow is. And if there's an inspection cost that'll be added to their um, their balance sheet every 18 months, they're going to figure out how to add that in there and make that pencil because that's that's what they do. They're They're paying close attention to how these properties cash flow and so in the end it count it, it just costs the renters more money sure uh, i'm not a renter so uh, i'm not exactly trying to be their robin hood um, and perhaps the average tenant doesn't mind paying a little bit more in rent to know that there's a program in place that if their house has mushrooms in the carpet they'll know how to get someone in trouble <laughs> who knows Hey, we're uh, we're getting to the point here where we're going to throw our guests out, and so uh, I wanted to again before you go, Dan, um, give us a rundown of your phone number, web address, and then you said you've got Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. When we talked this week, I said, um, you know that that old the old adage that a picture is worth a thousand words. Sure. So on your Instagram, you've got photographs up mm-hmm. of opportunities and. Um, sort of a, a portfolio of, of sure. projects you've done. Um, how can somebody get to this? So you can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Dan Knight Construction, or Twitter's D-K-C-O-N-S-T-A-N-D-P-L-U-M-B, so D-K Construction and Plum. Um, and then you can get me on LinkedIn. Uh, if you tweet me, Facebook me, Give me a call on my cell phone, 805-235-8775. That's good for call or text. Or email me directly at danknightconstruction at msn.com. Pretty much any way to get a hold of me, I'll respond to you. I want to be flexible to however you like to communicate. And if uh, you want to schedule anything, just call and ask a question. Any help I can provide, uh, compensated or otherwise, I, 
I like to help people in the community. I tend to be here for a long time, so I want to build relationships with people. Awesome. Hey, well, thank really you. Really glad we had you on the show. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. I, uh, I'm i looking forward um, to having your card in my Rolodex. I, like I said, there's so many things, so many people I could imagine um, that could have been helped by you if, sure. if we'd really only known that these services existed. Absolutely. And also a few projects um, I've seen through the years where I've like – I'll see something that needs a, a retaining wall, you know, that slash footing that needs to be shored up or sure. fixed or something. And like, man, you could make a lot of money on that, but I don't know how to do that mm -hmm. and or anybody that does. And now I do. So absolutely. Excellent. And, and if it's not me, I have boatloads of subs that we'll make sure you're taken care of. A guy named Mitch Madrid and Scott Killian and a few other. They're, they're great people in town. Awesome. Get you taken care of. So thank you very much thank for coming you. in today. We'll look forward to staying in touch with you. And, guys, for any of you that are um, didn't have the opportunity to get Dan's info, we, of course, have all of his stuff on the uh, at the company. So you can call us at 543-LOAN, and we can make sure to get you in touch with Dan. Um, if you're interested in working with the power team of Mike and Dan, where you could uh, add that bedroom or – whatever you need a renovation loan to make it happen um, let's build a man lair do that <laughs> call mike you can reach mike too at 543 loan um all right guys it's the middle of the hour here so we're going to do a commercial break and uh want to just invite you to pay real attention to these sponsors these are not people that just blindly throw money at um, advertising these are companies that we work with that we know um, we specifically ask them to advertise on our radio show because we believe in their products and services and and we really hope that you take that to heart when you hear them. It's our our desire for uh, that to be a testimonial from Central Coast Lending to you for these businesses. So listen to this commercial break, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com.
Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you refinance your home or investment property. Lower your rate, shorten your loan term, or get out of your mortgage insurance. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. This Mortgage Matters show is about to rock your world. That's why I put this in. If it didn't the last hour and a half, it's going to now. Just now. Exactly. Okay, we are back for the last half hour with with Jason Grody. Dan Knight is no longer with us. And Mike Points, we're going to take you home here and just kind of wrap up what we talked about today and leave you with some good insight as you go to potentially tee off, maybe hit the ocean. If you're lucky, you could... Or if you're going to Little League. Oh, yeah. Or the Easter egg hunt. Easter egg hunt. That's where Jim's going. Jim's gone. Um, So, gosh, Jay, what do we do? do Where do we start? How do we finish this last half hour? Show me the way, Obi-Wan. I had a couple things more that I wanted to talk about. Kind of, you know, when we do the guests, I like to sandwich the guest into the the, uh, donut hole here and then on the front and back half talk a little bit more of the economic stuff there there are a fair amount of listeners that like the economics part of the show and uh certainly you know, yeah. there's a few things here this week that came out that um are worth taking note of i mean first of all let's let's revisit what happened with interest rates this week over last um and it's safe to say that we saw some increases throughout the week um Nothing too dramatic, but rates sort of trended upward a little bit this week. And I, I just want to say, first of all, that I'm a little bit surprised by that uh, because, to me, the um, U.S. economic news has not been strong lately. And I, I'm, you know, and I, I want to just let that soak in for a minute. The, um, the news really hasn't been terribly strong as far as what's going forward. And I, th- I feel like it kind of started recently with um when the feds came out yeah well the feds said they were reducing some of the growth outlook for the u.s economy and there's been a variety of reasons as to why it's like anything where if you got a little bit of bad news and it's your goal uh, i think we do this personally and we do this professionally and we do this as a as a nation is You've got a goal, right? We have goals in mind that we're working towards. And anytime we find ourselves falling a little bit short of those goals, we look for the reasons why. Mm-hmm. What happened here? You know, is it because we had too much rain or it's too cold back east? How did we miss those 
those growth objectives. And, you know, in this case, the U.S. economy has been battling recently um, with the lower energy prices. I mean, that's been definitely a part of it. We've seen the producer and consumer price indexes showing a little bit of weakness there. Inflation um, is below zero. Inflation has not been particularly strong. Um, this week, we got a good read on the um, durable goods. And so this comes from the, the Commerce Department. They're looking at, um, you know, essentially non-defense capital good expenditures. Um, so we're excluding aircraft. And basically, the bottom line is what we're looking for is the business spending, like the plans of businesses and, and what they are doing going forward. Um, and we saw drops last month. That, mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily good. Usually what you want to see is these numbers um, on the uptick and, and showing some strength ahead. Um, business spending on capital goods has also been um, hurt by the strong dollar. Um, the strong dollar has been cutting into the overseas profits. Uh, you got to think in terms of the multinational companies that work from around the globe. Um, when this dollar gets strong, it, it damages some of those other com companies. And then that cuts the amount of money that they're able to spend on those um, capital goods from the U.S. manufacturers and producers. That's right. Um, you know, and like I said, also the crude prices have been a drag as well. Um, so down 18.7%. Yeah. And one of the things this week that was kind of a, a good, a little bit of good news. I mean, I, I, we haven't been focusing too much effort lately on talking about the initial jobless claims. I mean, this is a, this is a figure that comes out every single week, gives us an idea of, you know, what's going on nationally in terms of layoffs and, um, how many people are showing up for that first time jobless claim benefit. Um, this number decreased to 282,000 um, for the week. Putting that into context, 282,000 initial jobless claims is back to about the 2004 era. So think about that. Um, we felt near full employment back in 2004, didn't we? Um, I would say so. Wages were pretty good at that point. Um, the economy was strong. Rates were higher. Uh, we were in a position back then where there wasn't a lot of layoffs. And if you if you were laid off, you know, there was another uh, opportunity for employment right around the corner. Um, so seeing this number get down to that good low level means that um, it, it's that we're looking, we're kind of turning that corner there in the jobs market. I think the jobs market is healed. Everyone just waits now to see uh, wage growth take hold. Um, and then secondly, we also found the dollar got another little shot in the arm this week. It was struggling to get traction, right? I mean, we had the dollar on a climbing trajectory where um, we've seen some just great trades against other currencies. The U.S. dollar looking really good. This week, one of the, um, the Fed Reserve Bank of Atlanta, uh, their president, who is a voting member of the Fed, um, he told a group of attendees for uh, an investment education symposium um, that the strong U.S. economy meant that the summer Fed meetings are in play for potential rate hikes. And whenever you get one of the, the Fed, the voting Fed members out sort of in the, the street, 
Sure. Making a little comment. It's everybody really hangs on that. It's that insight. You know, imagine if you were good buddies with somebody that worked at Apple. Mm. And then you were at the barbecue on Sunday and they told you, you know, hey, Mike, mm. things this summer, we've got some we got some great products we're going to roll out in the summer. You would say, I have it on good authority that we should be buying Apple stock right now because mm. there's something worth talking about. Um, sort of same thing here. When this guy um, comes forward to say that the summer meetings are in play for potential rate hikes, the market responded to that. Um, and, and essentially that drove interest rates a little bit higher. Because remember, um, at some point, these rates have got to go up and no one wants to be on the losing end of um, figuring out when. Um, and so... The- true. That's true. But let me chime in. Globally, I mean, if... if Well, I don't want to cut you off, but I just want to say something about... I think a, a downward pushing force is what's happening in the Eurozone. And, you know, next week they'll start, they'll, they will start the quantitative easing, if you will. And I think, you know, rates can only increase so much, uh, gradually, I should say, you know. Without edging them out. Correct. I, I definitely see that as part of it. And, and that's why I'm going to say at the end of this, uh, this little segment here about the economy, that my point would be this. Um, we're going to be back to more volatility um, volatility is going to be the new norm going forward. I think throughout the rest of 2015, I'd say two years. And you know, and and honestly, it it almost I almost want to say indefinitely. And here's why: um, that the Feds met up this month, right? And they came out on the 18th and let us know that they removed the word patient. Uh, the markets didn't exactly go haywire, but we had volatility in the days leading up to, and then we had rates drag a little bit for the next few days on their way down, and then we had rates go back up a little bit and sort of up and down, up and down, lots of volatility. Um, this sort of reminds me of when we did the um, the tapering talk of when the feds got out of QE3, when the announcement was made, that initial sting hurt so much more than when they actually began the tapering. Um, so same way, the market's trying to price these things in. So we see a little up, we see a little down. I think we're going to have a lot of volatility. And now remember that every month now going forward, every single month when the Fed meets, we're going to be back to the market's anticipating, is this the move where the Feds make the first change in the in the rates? That's and that right. initial rate hike... One of the one of the things about it is that's where you officially set precedence now that this is a rate hike and you should anticipate that in meetings going forward the rates are going to continue to move and the the pace at which is what the unknown is and so we sort of are just waiting for that shoe to drop right now and whether the feds like this this um, voting member for um, the Fed Reserve Bank. He said we might be seeing rate hikes in the summertime. So you got to believe now that at every single one of these meetings, every single month, we're going to see run-ups and run-downs mm-hmm. and little choppy volatility. Um, and we're just going to have to sort of know that that kind of comes along with this and and to do our best to, to try to figure out how to navigate it. Yep. In terms of interest rates, I'm going to argue that the overall pressure is upward, which makes now the time. If you've been thinking about doing that construction project where you, you, you're you not positive when the right time to do it is, 
go ahead and get a jump on it. Um, it's safe to say that these rates are good and low. I mean, they're lower than they were a year ago. Um, and it's it's just a good opportunity to get in and seize that. If you've been putting off a refinance or whatever, um, it's a good time to do that because I do I think these rates are not only volatile but ultimately going to be chopping higher as we work forward. And and you know going forward, I think that this is this is what we're going to look at. I mean, there's a lot of headwinds right now um, for manufacturing and different pieces of the economy. And we see what's going on over um, in Europe right now, where they are going to be starting their quantitative easing here soon. We got a really strong dollar. We got shaky overseas demand. We got weakening exports. We got the pullback in energy prices. Um, at the same time, we have jobs where we're creating. We have a 14-month run right now of 200 thousand jobs a month being created this is some high from like 14 years ago um there's mm -hmm. housing prices continue to rise in the face of this limited um supply correct um it's really uh, kind of a unique set of things here and before too long we're going to see rates go up so i just want to urge you guys if you've got a rate demand if you need some help you got a project that you that you want to figure out then let's get in there and talk about it um and that puts us to the final commercial break of the show. When we get back, I th what I really wanted to do was talk a little bit about credit. I had enough conversations this week about credit um, with some folks about how they use credit cards every month that I thought I might shed some light on what that is doing to your credit score. Um, so let's go ahead and do the final commercial break of the show. When we get back, we'll spend a few months talking about uh, how you use credit cards every month and what that does to your credit score. Stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. All right, you guys, welcome back. Just 10 minutes to go. Um, so I want to—I just want to jump right into this. Who wants a higher credit score? I do. Yeah? No? Jim's good. I'm actually pretty good. Yeah. I'm almost 800. So you don't want it higher? Uh, well, you know, could be, but I don't know how much. What is it? goes up to like 900, right? Nah, 850 is probably Is there the a diminishing return? I don't think so. I mean, I guess. No, the, the reality of it is, is that for most things credit-wise, anything north of a 760 has got you in the very top tier. So kudos, Jim. Way to have Thank bomber you. credit. Thank you. So here's the deal. Um, and this is this is a very common misconception here. So I just I wanted to air this out and let you know how it really works. Uh, we got a lot of people that use credit cards uh, where they are – preparing great credit so they use the credit card like let's say i take my visa card and i i put my groceries on it and mm -hmm. i put my yes. gas on it and then i go out to lunch and this that and the other and I, just, I use it for my incidentals throughout the month and then at the end of the month i because i'm working for outstanding credit pay my entire visa bill in in full and send it in um is that the best possible way that i'm using my visa card um, is that the ideal credit scenario for me in terms of building my credit score? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say sadly the answer is no, and the majority of people have been conditioned somehow or other to believe that's the way to do it, um, and I'm and I'm gonna tell you why it's not the case. Here's the deal: um, credit we have we have really no idea what you pay every month. Uh, we know what your minimum payment due is. And the minimum payment due is actually calculated off some federal required standards. In other words, the, the minimum due is not only going to cover the interest, but it's also going to go towards a portion of the principal so that you're actually making headway and paying the card off. By that being said, by 2036, the the yeah. minimum <laughs> the minimum due on that card is, um, yeah, a long road to make that happen. But so... Check it out. You have a credit card that you, you know, it's got $5,000 available credit. And let's say you put $2,000 a month on it. You know, you're paying some bills with it, your incidentals for work, your, your groceries, this, that, and the other. And you're paying it before you pay interest. Um, but what's the benefit there for you? Um, here's the reality is, when does your Visa card report? Do you know? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's because we have no idea. Um, they report when they want to. 
and they report um, every few months. Uh, sometimes they report every few weeks. Sometimes they report on the first of the month. We just don't know when they report, but let's say this. Um, they do. So on your card, your $2,000 that you're putting on there and you're paying off every single month, it just happens that they report two days before you pay your bill. So every month I see that you have a $2,000 visa bill with a minimum due of $125 and you're paying $2,000 on it. I don't know that. I don't get to see that. All I see is what the balance is at the time of reporting as it, you know, and then whatever the minimum payment is. So here's, here's why this matters. Um, we know that credit functions in these tiers where you pay, um, you know, whatever your balance is in, in regards to your available credit. So if, they're, if you're carrying balances that are greater than 10% of your available credit or 25% of your available credit, 50% of your available credit, imagine if you're carrying 100% of your available credit is now filled. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is the point then um, where we we end up with a, a situation where if your card is five thousand bucks and you put two thousand bucks on it, but you pay it off in full two days after it reports, you're always your credit profile looks like you're always utilizing um, 40 percent of your available credit. Mm. That's got you um, three tiers up. In other words, we, we're knocking your credit score down because you appear to be utilizing 40% of system, your available yeah. credit. So um, now you say, well, that's not fair. I never knew that. Um, well, you just recondition yourself to the way you're using your credit cards. For most of us, it doesn't make sense to do that, putting it all on the credit card kind of thing every month because we don't get credit benefit from it. The people that do are trading a little hit to their credit for the rewards that their card gives them. Sure, it's, it's nice when you get that Costco check. Airline miles or some Costco check, 3% cash back, any kind of those things. If you recognize that your cost is you're, you're not ideally using your credit versus you're getting back some sort of a reward, then at least you know that and you're making a cognizant decision. And I'll tell you where this really proves to matter is that those portions of what you're utilizing in relationship to your available credit, that really matters. Um, it matters the most in aggregate. So let's just say now that you've got $100,000 of available credit, right? I have 10 credit cards that each offer me $10,000. And I have this one that I put $2,000 a month on. Sure, that one account I'm using 20% of, which isn't ideal, but my total accounts in aggregate, right. I'm $2,000. I'm utilizing 2% of my overall blip, credit. Yeah. I've got, I'm not being penalized for that in, in the big picture. Not that variable, yeah. But every now and again, I get somebody that comes in, like I had a gal um, in 2014 come in who's just had a single credit card. And her parents told her to put incidentals on it and pay it in full every month so that she had the highest possible credit she could have. She had only one account. It was American Express card. When she came in, she had a $2,500 balance on this card that had a $3,000 limit. Her credit score, consequently, was a 660. And 660s, you've never really been late, but you have a 660 because you're using too much credit. And again, it's just it's percentages here. So in her case, she was utilizing 70% um, of her available credit, and, and nowhere on the credit report does it say that this person pays this in full every month. Right. 
all it says is what the current balance is. So her credit score was 660. She needed a 700 to qualify for the loan program that she was using, right? So I, when I shared with her that, you know, you, you really, you've done this to yourself because you're using this credit card when you really shouldn't be. And she said, I was just told always that that's how you're supposed to use a credit card to have great credit. So I said, well, watch this, pay that credit card off today and we'll run your credit again in a month when the next bill comes out with a zero balance and your credit score will be remarkably better. So she had a 660 when she had her incidentals on her American Express card. A month later, when we reran her credit, she had an 807. Um, this, and that's, again, this is because it's sort of an extreme point. She only had one card with $3,000 on it. Uh, of available credit where she was using, wow. you know, 2,500 of that. So, and then she, and then all of a sudden she's competing with Jim. Yeah, that's right. And my, oh my, what a change from one month to the next. <laughs> so I, I'm running out of time oh here, but what I want to say is this, is that um, that's a really good note. there's a lot of misconceptions about credit and we are credit experts. If you're trying to get your credit score up and you're not sure why it's not moving, if you um, need a game plan of what to do to get it up, let us help you with Please, that. Yeah. It's what we do. Um, this is why we pre-qualify people to buy homes. Sometimes we pre-qualify people that are trying to buy a house a year down the road, but to just come in and get a plan and get something that you can be working towards. I'd love it if you took this invitation to call and get some help in terms of looking at your credit, seeing how that stuff reports, going through it with a fine tooth comb to see if there's an old collection or some inaccuracy reported somewhere in your report that could be damaging your credit. Again, we're the mortgage experts, we're the credit experts, and we'd love the opportunity to sit down and show you where you might be able to, to make more benefit. Um, it really is our duty. You know, we, I pride, I, as a newly added member to the team, one of the things I really like about the way you run the ship, Jay, is that it, you, you really educate us on how to work with, as a partner for these borrowers, you know, yeah. give them everything that you'd want to know. It sounds cheesy, but I like to say that you, you have a friend in the mortgage business. Yep. And, um, so guys, if you feel like you want that help, um, give us a call. The number is 543-LOAN. I feel I'm remiss to not say that there's no charge for consultations in our office, but call us up, 543-LOAN. Find us on the web, centralcoastlending.com. Have a great Thanks weekend, Thanks so much everybody. for being with us. We'll be back next week with another live episode of Mortgage Matters.